This is cliffcentral.com. So apt, so apt, so apt. Before I introduce my guest, I think this is how I want to introduce you. Um, everybody knows now, by now, everybody knows that I've just, just, just finished reading the book. It's called We Kiss the Sun and Embrace the Moon by Rami Chwene. And last night was a horrendous night, everybody knows. <laughs> and I was going to read it last night, but I'm so glad. It's definitely unputdownable. It's five minutes past 12. I'm Pumi Mashekho and you're listening to Womanta. This is the last installment of our Go Out There and Do It. Make it happen. Live your best life. This is about you girls and it's about making the things that you've always wanted to do happen. Yeah. Writing a book is one of those things. It's one of those things that I think every single girl I know thinks, I can write a book. I've got a story to tell. My story to tell. is, And, and so a couple of months ago, when I started seeing the 40 days before 40, first of all, I thought, oh, yeah, she's ha- it's happening to her. It's happening to her. Every woman loses her mind when she turns 40. <laughs> Every woman loses her mind when it turns 40. Um, and all my friends that have turned 40 keep saying, there's this kind of clarity mm. that you get when you turn 40. Um, but this is an extract. I really thought I'm going to read this. I'm definitely reading this extract. And it's one of the very first parts. And I must say, woman, when I started reading it, I was skeptical. Pela Facebook, what's about the Facebook update? <laughs> ne? The status update is not the same as writing a book and no. keeping a person engrossed no. for 180 something pages. 82. Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah. Uh, but I really love this. Even after reading everything, I really love this. So when my mother went to the Zone 2 clinic where my grandmother worked as a district nurse to deliver, there was a lot of excitement. The one who was named after my grandfather was on the way. My father was also there to receive this gift, this boy they've been waiting for. When I came out, I was not only dark, but I was also too small. I was not born prematurely at all. I was just a tiny baby, just a bit over two kilograms. Then my grandmother, in her confusion, said to my parents, It's a boy! Uh, I mean, it's a girl, and she's so dark. (laughs) Yes, that's what she said. And as if that was not dramatic enough, I kind of forgot to breathe for the first minute or so and had to be given the official slap to my bum more than once while my grandmother held me upside down trying to get me to cry. When I finally cried, my mother says my grandmother started singing Black Mamba Dile. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Which is one of the songs we sang when playing hide and seek. My father would always tell me I was very beautiful baby and that I could fit perfectly in his one hand. I don't know why they still gave me my grandfather's name after it was clear that I was not a boy. Surely there should have been a moment of sanity in that clinic where someone asked if it was still okay to be named after my grandfather. No one saw a problem with me being named. (laughs) <laughs> Ramadzi. <laughs> Ramadzi. <laughs> yeah, well, they forgot that part. Welcome, like, uh, Ramadzi Chwene. <laughs> Thank you so much, Welcome Kubi. to Womanda. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Was it hard? What are you doing? No, because you're making me laugh. I'm laughing so hard, I've got tears. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Hard. The stories have always been there. Okay, 
But what was hard about putting the book together is that, you know, when you've got stories like this, the same thing that you say, you know, someone will go, I've got a story to tell. I've got so many things that I want to say. I'm telling you, my story is bigger than what you think. Uh, I've got something that's going to change the world. You know, I want to impact generations, whatever. All those nice things that we like saying when we are like highly hyped up and motivated. Inspired. After listening. And, yeah. And when we're inspired. But the funny thing is, it was easy to write. But once I started getting into the mix of sitting down and really, really writing, it was emotionally taxing. Emotionally taxing because the funny stories that are in the book, I laughed as much as I, I laughed like I was reading someone else's story, even while I was writing it. And I think on top of that, it was the shame of, I cannot believe I'm actually writing this. Why am I writing this? Am I mad? I've lost my mind. Why am I putting this down? I shouldn't write this. And what no, was the I, answer? What was the answer? I was like, no, when I could, were doing no, it, what I was, was I, I never why? stopped. I never stopped. I never stopped writing. I never answered myself. I just wrote and wrote and wrote. And then I would go back and I would do it. And I would go like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't. No, okay, fine. Leave it. Leave it. I'm leaving it like that. Then I would leave it. Then there were other stories like, um, unlucky. And when I talk about my, uh, the other story, I talk about my grandmother's death. My grandmother died in 1987. Okay. But when I wrote the story in now, like, because I, 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 I literally finished writing the book in August. But while I was writing that story, I cried like she had died yesterday. And I was sitting up. Okay, I had a very crazy time. There was a time where I would, you won't believe this. There was a time where I would leave my house, book myself into an Indaba hotel, which is like literally That's like three, three kilometers. kilometers from your house. Yes. Because I needed the silence. Like I did not, I only wrote at night. I only wrote at night. I'd never wrote, I never touched the book during the day. I don't know why. I, I suppose when people write, they've got um, rituals that they do, things that they, like, I, I, I would never write during the day. I refuse to touch the book during the day. I only wrote at night. But when I started writing the darker stories, the heavier stories, I couldn't do it in my house because... Because, you know, in my house, there's only girls and, uh, it's like me, my nanny and, um, my younger daughter. And my eldest is like the in and out. Hey, I'm here. Oh no, I'm not, you know? So, and Butselo, my eight year old sleeps with me in my bed. And there was no way I was going to be able to, to carry that out. I was like, I couldn't write in front of her. That's how bad it was. So I booked myself into an Indaba hotel. And the other time I went to Avianto and, and I would stay there for a few days and just write and cry all day. And then people got confused. They were like, this woman is up at night. And during the day, we're like, do you want food? It's like, no, go away. I don't want food. Then I would sleep only then. Then like I would leave in Daba, go back to the house, take Wotsilo to school and then go back and then fall asleep. Sometimes at home. And then five, six o'clock, I trek. Go back to Indaba or Avianto And I would sit there and I would write But I would cry so much at night Writing some of these stories That I would be like I, It was not like nice nice crying like a tear You know the soapy brook brook crying No, no <laughs> It was, was like a, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Was this an ugly cry? Listen It got ugly I never, I, I never thought I remember 
I wanted to call some of my friends in the middle of the night and go like, I, I can't do this. Eh. Yo, I've never, I thought I've, I can cry, but I've never cried so much uh, until I started writing that book. So uh, m- my son goes to a Catholic school and obviously you did too. <laughs> <laughs> Because, because when I, when and that's the story till the end of time. Yes, and he loves singing the song "Wind, Wind, Blow on Me." Yeah, and I've never quite known what the words are because now I, I went to church. We don't sing English songs, so and now I don't know got the English songs. <laughs> and I, I know this. I know these lyrics. Yeah, but but when I saw because you start with that verse. Yeah. Um. Set us free to love to our love brothers. brothers Set yeah. us free to love for others. And the story of your grandparents. Oh, is your grandfather's name really Popeye? Or is that what you call no, him? No, that's what we called him. We called him Popeye because he always had the pipe. You know, like Popeye. The you sailor know, Popeye, man. Popeye the sailor name. Yeah, these things you can't do when you yeah, can't. Yeah. But you gave such a vivid description of the people that they were. Yeah. And I could see the Libua, the yeah. Libua government. Government, office, yes, yes, yes. And the safari. And the safari. <laughs> and that and briefcase. The, <laughs> the leather satchel. Yeah. Which is exactly the same as the Zulu government. And exactly, exactly, yeah. Gazankulu, yeah, you know? Yeah. That's exactly how everyone looked at that time. Yeah. Do, and, and do you think that the, the love that your parents, your grandparents had for each other, had an impact in in your later life because you also then talk a lot about the you know the the guys yeah the what's gone wrong and what's gone right yes um let's work a monkey business just now did it did did it did you know before writing the story that that's the impact they had not really no, I don't think, I think I, I had an idea, but I didn't know for sure that, you know, the impact, the, the, the impact of their relationship would, would uh, the, the kind of impact it would have on me. You know, we actually, I was under the impression, or rather we were all under the impression that all families did that. And to be quite no, honest, they all did. Your grandparents were quite lani. But when yeah. I afternoon no, tea, no, so afternoon waltz. tea, ballroom, waltzing. I know, um. no, no, you don't even understand. You know, and, and, you know, when I, you come singing a song like, I'm in love, and then the bonnet are going, ta, ta, te, te, ta, te, ta. and you're like, oh, they're singing the waltz song. I mean, those waltz songs never had lyrics. They just go, ta, ta, te. And then my my grandmother would start Then Popeye would come in And they would harmonize each other I'm thinking, that song doesn't have lyrics Why are you guys singing? No, but they went on And yeah, and of course You know, nice teacup Oh gosh They were so, you are right, they were very learning They were very learning Was it Cathartic Writing the book. Um, I think it was a mistake. <laughs> I think it was a mistake more than anything. Why? I don't know. I, I think something came upon me. I don't know what. I, you, you're talking about... Turning 40. 
and how people think they see clearly and all of that. I think I've always been a fearless person. But after turning 40, I became worse. I, I completely became extra rebellious. So right now, I don't think there is anything that I cannot do. So writing a book was like, oh, bring it on, you know. And people are like, no, you must take years. You must take months. You must take whatever, how long. And I was like, ah, oh, no, I don't know. I'll, 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 I'll wing it. I'll wing it. And I didn't even think... too much about it i just did it i just jumped the same way i did with my cd i jumped i just i thought i started thinking yo what if it all goes wrong then i thought what if it all goes right then let's let's just do it so maybe in a way it was like one of i've done a whole lot of mistakes and i've got some of the best mistakes in my life and writing the book was one of them yeah, it was definitely one of them. It was like, yeah, go ahead, make that mistake. We'll see. We'll talk after. Rami, you you write a lot, so the book is is not chronological per se. No, and it's actually more so. You read the Chronos and the Kairos. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, man. Yeah, sorry. So no, 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 but Rami, man, give me a train of thought here. Yes, Don't okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but it's it's a series of. Of short stories. Yes. And I remember when you started writing them on your Facebook wall. Yeah. Because leading up to your birthday, for 40 days, you just went. Yeah. 40 days, I'm writing this thing. Every day you wrote wrote a piece of each one of these things. Yeah. Remembering. I mean, you remember such incredible detail. Have you got a great memory? Yes. No, I've got a photographic memory. Is that how you learn your lines? I don't learn my lines. I walk on set, then I act. Alala. Yeah. I, I, I've never, I've never learned my lines. Because as long as I know the, 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 the storyline, I listen to what the other actor is saying. And then I know this is what Kumucho would say. And 99% of the time is what's in the script. <laughs> really? Yeah, but what you, you know how they always like, every month they will release the little. Of course, yeah. Yeah, like this is what we're going to, this is what we'll be shooting. Komocha will be fighting with that one, or this is what is going to happen. And then I know her when I speak to, uh, to, to Pumi, this is how I talk to her. So I, I've got little, little, uh, compartments for different actors that knowing that with Pumi, this is how I speak with that one, this is how I speak and all of that. So, they can all ask me the same question and I would answer them differently according to the way I perceive the character. So I don't have to read my lines. I don't, I was like, no, I just ask them, I go down set. I'm like, what's happening in the scene? They're like, okay, this is that point where that one did this. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Let's shoot. And then they're like, you know, but I've had times where I go like, what would be the line again? And they're like, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That one. Sorry. Yeah. Then I would, I w- then we would carry on. So you, I mean, there's incredible detail in here. Yeah, the the detail about. Okay, wait. First, first, before I talk about the, the detail about the monkeys, <laughs> tell tell me the, tell you tell me the story about the false teeth. <laughs> okay. I still can't get my head around the story. So just tell you know this guy. This guy. He, he was he was so handsome. He was such a beautiful man, and and I remember. 
when when we met for the first time, I was like, wow. I mean, he looked beautiful. He, he had these model looks and all of that. And a whole lot of girls liked him. And he had a beautiful set of teeth, you know. And perfect. I have, yeah, perfect, <laughs> you know. And, and, and I've got good teeth. So I'm like thinking, so does everyone. I mean, you have nice teeth. You've got beautiful teeth. There's nothing that says there's something false about them. And, um, <laughs> then, you know, we started dating a bit. I'm thinking, hey, this guy is, is on the, a bit on the shy side, you know. And I was happy with that. Okay, fine. So this is someone who's we're going no to... Judge. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like thinking, you know, and I love kissing, you know. Now, if you don't kiss me, forget it. It's not going <laughs> to work. It's not going to work. And if I kiss you and the kiss is bad, shame. Ah, you can buy me flowers. You can buy me pearls. But if you cannot kiss, I am so sorry. It will not work. I just cannot. And for me, and then, kissing is like the decider. Okay. So, so now you. So now there he is. Kiss. And, and then I kiss him. Then eventually he plucks up the courage and he kisses, and he kisses well. And I'm like, hey, Bazala. Here we've got good something. Looking and a good good looking and a good kisser. But, but, you know, you know, you know, when you kiss, you start nice and slow and everything. And eventually, you know, you put a bit of tongue and all of that. And as we're kissing, I can feel there's a bit of movement, nyana, happening. And I'm thinking, no, it might, maybe it's just my imagination. Then it happens again. I'm thinking, what was that? And it's like, hmm, wait. Um, like, okay, did you feel anything move? Like, no, no, no. Then we do it again. And this time, I think the kiss kind of got a bit too intense. Then I just felt something huge move, you know, between us, between his <laughs> mouth and mine, somewhere between the lock and it was something hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, hold up, wait. And I said to him, I, yo, I almost said his name. <laughs> and I said to him, dude, hold on. Um, what is that? And then he goes, oh, it's my false teeth. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> it's like, it's my false teeth. And then he takes them out. And then he said, okay, they, I took them out. Shall <laughs> <laughs> <So> we continue? <laughs> and at that point, I'm like, mama, I need my mother back. I can't do this. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. So, and as soon as he took them out and it was dark. Okay. It wasn't a completely dark. You know, when I remember on the street lights, so. we are outside. So I, this is what. And as soon as he took them out, I actually saw his jaw sink in like the, 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 the his cheeks <laughs> sink into his gums. And I was like, how, how does the Lord allow this to happen to me? <laughs> of all people. <laughs> he had everything going for him except the teeth. And no, no, I want those teeth back. I want proper, no, no. So that was the end of Bras Ban Ban. No, it was the end of Bra, Bra I. <laughs> Yo. You know, so reading the book, I grew up in Soweto um, around the same time. So slightly behind Soweto. Yeah. <laughs> and reading the book and reading the experiences that you're putting down, having grown up in the former 
Yeah. Homeland. Whatever. Now Limbombo. Yeah. Limbombo. Don't be don't be disrespectful. Limbombo. No, Limbombo. What is the name of the river? Limbombo. Limbombo okay. River. King Pop. Hey? King Pop. King Pop. King Pop. Nah, you can't say Pompo King Pompo. No. Yeah, that's uh-uh. what it is. Limbombo. It is Rami. No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. We're going to have Focus. to offline this Focus. conversation. Focus. Yeah. Because uh-uh. that is the that is the true African name of it. Because of the the bubbling. Like like Mobila Bela, you know? Why? Because the water is hot. Whatever. What about that? Okay, Free your fine, mind. Free fine. your mind. Okay, about I'll think you. about it. <laughs> it's like, I think about it. But the, the the similarity of realities Yes. For me was astounding. That having grown up quite in, in the far reaches yeah. of the north of exactly. the country and my little existence. Yeah. In Gauteng, in Soweto, you know, was so similar. The the nurse. Yeah. And the silver grey stocking. Yeah. And the <laughs> petticoat. Yeah. And the the police. Yeah. And the clerks. Yeah. And the the zones in the township. Yeah. And the standing under the street And the lines. games that we played. Well, when I read that Black Pampatila, I was just like, by soap, I love you, baby. That thing. On yeah, by soap, I love you, baby. <laughs> I went at that thing on Facebook every time, and it keeps doing yeah. the round. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, the the the, <laughs> the worst form of Mondegreen. Yeah, the oh history no, of no, <laughs> that was that was that was English slaughtered completely. But that's one of the reasons I wrote the book, and that's what that's what the book says at the back. You know, the the intention of writing the book is that we we always focus on our differences and what does not work. The, the, the negative stuff. I mean, we've got so many political issues. We've got financial issues. The economy is down. In fact, the morale of the country is down. The morale has just gone down completely, you know. Uh, and I think people have started, have started to lose faith in a whole lot of things that we see outside to the point that they actually have a bit of an impact on us inside. So, I wrote the story, I wrote the stories, the short stories, and I, I, and I always say, I wrote them so that after you read the book, you will feel like you actually wrote the book yourself. Like, I want you to look at it and say, I could have easily written this, you know, in my IAEOU English, you know, I always say that it's the IAEOU English. I want, I want my kids to read it. I want Botsilo to read it. I want it grade eight, grade 12, young women, young men, whatever. Anybody must be able to, Pick a few stories, if not all of them, and go, I can relate to this. I identify with this, you know, and to just remind each other how simple everything used to be and how how it is possible to go back there and, because and, it is possible. And the fact that it is the story of the black existence in the township yeah, outside of the super politicized. You know, when I read it and, and every time I, I think about the various stories, I think, yeah. oh, any black child growing up in a township today yeah. could pick this up and, and, and see themselves and, and see something that they can relate to and and understand and any person of our generation. Yeah. And then I, I thought about white people buy books, Rami. Yes. White people buy lots of books. Yes. How... Do you think that this is the kind of book that can transcend the the black and white barrier we have in South Africa? Absolutely. 
absolutely. I think this is this is a very it's although it's like it's Black South African Township Life kind of a book, but this is the stuff that the very white people that were there along alongside us, living they know exactly what it is that we did. They might not have been physically part of it, but they know. That's how they can say, "Oh, we know Auntie likes this. We know Auntie likes that." You know, uh, they know what we wear. They know how we speak. You know, it's it's from saying, "Ach nie piet, kan jy asjeblief verduiding bring whatever," and then just Auntie, you know what? You know that whole thing of. By the way, this this South African English style that is happening, that they know about. And half of the things that we have done, because of the racial barriers that we had, those are the things that they look back and they go like, oh, how I wish I could have played Chicago. I know it, I know it, I know it. They so wanted to be us. They so wanted to join us. They so wanted to understand our way of doing things. Going go front opposite to go fetch a tomato. Going to the other back opposite to get an onion. And then go back opposite Kakwale to get a piece of mince. And then a cup of, 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 of wupi so you can make some pap. And then you have a whole meal happening from 10 different households that you went and fetched a few things from. Nobody went hungry. And I think it's that kind of a thing that there might have been oppression, there might have been a party, there might have been this and this and that, but we clearly, clearly missed out on some serious good community building, whatever you want to call it. And I know they want a piece of it. Yeah. So they should read it and they'll go like, mm, I remember, I kept on seeing them doing this and that. And I was asking myself what they called it. You know what it was called? Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. You're tuned into Womanza. I'm talking to the ghetto fabulous uh, Ramichuene about writing her first book, making it happen. It's a memoir, but it's like also the. Experiences of a ghetto fabulous girl. You know how ghetto fabulous this girl is. She actually got up and danced. <laughs> no, I love that song. What's up, okay? Para get banana, 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 Yeah, I know. I love that song. She just, she actually just got up and danced. I know. And I'm just like, how? You can't play Zola Seven and let me think you and and think I will just in her all like stars. That. Yeah, in her all stars, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, that that song is. I woke up with that song in my head, and yeah. um, I really, really wanted to play it because, the, as I was reading the book, and I just kept thinking, "Guti, this is exactly what that thing was." It felt like yeah. that. It felt like the books that I've always wanted um, to, the books I've always wanted to read, yeah. the realities that I've always wanted um, explained to me. Yeah, and and the reason why I'm reminded as well. I also you know? was asking, you know, is it. Is it because um, you needed to to work through some of these things? Yes. Is also, man, I felt horrible for that like eighteen year old Rami in her Vits University oh. taxi from Deep Blue to Ilove <laughs> Street. Yeah. And, and then and then the, the the those boys just got to yeah. you, you yeah. know, yeah. and. But also just reading the story of the fear of 
disappointing your parents. Yeah. The not knowing how to talk to them. Yes. The, was so incredibly well captured. I think that a lot of young people still feel like that today. Yes, and here absolutely. you are, your own 18 years later, you can still vividly, vividly <laughs> Listen, feel it and, and put it down. I still remember it. Like it happened yesterday. I still, re- in fact, I still remember what I was wearing when I went home. I remember, yo, I remember going through those corridors of Vets Tech in Ilof and 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 trying to check the results, knowing that in fact I don't even have to bother because I'm not going to come back the following year because now I'm pregnant. And, and the experience with the church. Tell, yeah. Tell me about I that. I know. You know, I mean, with, with the church, I mean, you know, I'm one of those. It's it's a normal story that happens to everyone. We were all born in church. It's it, it's a, it Because church with us started off as tradition. It was never a choice. You were born and everyone was going to church. And, you know, you just get, you get in line because nobody says you actually have an option. So... We, 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 we fell into the trap of this is how life is done, irrespective of what you may think, irrespective of what you may want to do. And then, and unfortunately, church at that time was harder than it is now because it was all about law. You either do this or, or you are out. And it was quite, it was quite, um, tormenting. It was to, to just be able to know that you have you you fell below the church standards you know when you're a young person everybody just thinks you you're just going to um be born go to school graduate get married have kids get a, a nice house have four straight lines straight line people aren't having four kids i hope I, you're not thinking about it well i've got three it's yeah, close I'm to just, four yeah that's why i'm stopping you now <laughs> in your tracks <laughs> No, funny you should say that. Yesterday I met this guy who said to me that... Who wants a child is not the guy for No, you. no, exactly. He says to me... <laughs> oh, no, but it was quite pleasant. He says to me, listen, um, I like you. And I'm like, you don't even know me. You just see me for the first time now. And now you like me. It's like, give me your mother's address. I want to send my elders there. Oh, I was like, what? Really? <laughs> I do. <laughs> and then I said, oh, hold on. Do you want kids? Like, no, that's a, that's a condition. I don't want kids. I've got three already. I was like, me too. Are you going to give me your number? And I looked at him and I thought, nah. Yeah, because that would equal six kids. And that's no, just as bad. I was like, no. No, but besides, he, he's, he's, he's not that kind of a guy. He's not, he's not my kind of baby. He's not my kind of person. <laughs> I'm speaking to Rami Chwene. I'm Pumi Mashoko. And you're listening to Umadla. I'm speaking to Rami Chwene. And we are... Keeping it real. On cliffcentral.com I was never brave. I was young. Out of control. Drinking. Drowning. Brewing the storm. I was never brave. Bengikwala. Buckled. Crawled. Crashed. I was never brave. Just another sister sinking into the shadows. If only someone had stepped in pulled me out. That's why I became the mentor I wish I'd had. Help under 18 say no to alcohol. Sign up at sabstories.coza. Hashtag be the mentor. A South African breweries initiative. So, Rabbi, you told me when you were um, getting ready, when you were writing your, your book, you, you, you did what I do a lot of. Read a blog called Writer's Rights. Yes, yes. Amanda Patterson's on the line and she's graciously agreed to have a
have a chat with us. Hello, Amanda. Hello. Can you hear me clearly, ma'am? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Thank you so much for coming online. We, we, so Rami's got a photographic memory, I found out, as I've been talking to her. So <laughs> it was very easy for her to remember everything, like in okay. such vivid detail to put it into her book. And I'm kind of wondering, if I'm a first-time writer, Amanda, and I've, I, I don't even know where to start, do I also need a photographic memory or, or are there like some ways that one can learn to recall things to put down in a book? No, you don't need a photographic memory. No, she's very lucky that she has one. But luckily for the rest of us, we, we can do other things. Um, if you're writing a memoir, you're going to have to try and remember, obviously, as many things yeah. um, that happened. And there are ways to do that, you know, just to collect things, memorabilia, collect silly things, seemingly silly things, you know. What we suggest you do is you start files and you collect birth certificates, um, any certificates you may have got at school, anything like maybe a uniform, something that you wore as a baby, a toy, anything like that. You start gathering things like that. And it's amazing how much that evokes, the smells, you know, what, mm. what it looks like, what it feels like. And that's an incredibly good way to try and remember if you are going to write a kind of memoir. If you're writing a book, it's completely, you know, a novel, that would be completely different. Where you may have to do a lot of research, but most of it will be imagination. Mm. And when we were speaking earlier, you were telling me about not everybody realizes how hard it is to write. <laughs> I think so, and probably your guest will agree with me is, you know, um, everybody thinks, oh, when I've got some time, I'm just going to write that book. Or if I yeah. have more time, <laughs> Doesn't or, work. you know, please, please just write this book for me. And then you can have some of the royalties. They don't realize it is, it is probably one of the most difficult things you are ever going to do. Um, it is, it takes everything. It takes your heart, your soul, mm. um, your time. You have to, first of all, learn how to do it. And I always say, you've got to write probably for about two years every day with writing prompts just to get yourself into a state where writing becomes second nature to you. Wait a minute. I I need to hear that again. Write for two years with writing prompts. You've got to exercise that writing muscle so that it becomes second nature to you. If you think about, you know, journalists and, um, you know, write to write regularly, it's much easier for them to write books than it is for somebody, you know, who's just decided they're going to write a book because they write all the time and they write the deadline. You've got to write on average 80,000 words for mm. a 360-page book. And I think you've got to look at about, you know what, I mean, Jeffrey Archer is a really famous um, British writer who sold about, I stand correction, but I think 400 million books or some ridiculous yeah, amount like that. He does 10 rewrites of every book oh, that he does. Oh, my okay? goodness. Because this yeah. is he plans it like for a year and then he writes and then he rewrites and, and, and he lets got it, it simmer. Yeah, and then it has to be perfect before he sends it off. So it's difficult, but it's the most, probably the most rewarding thing as well, as difficult as it is. It is, it makes you feel so, so alive when you write. It's, it's inspirational and it's therapeutic. Um, I would recommend it for anybody, even if you don't want to write to be published. To write for yourself, it's a gift that you give yourself.
Mm. Absolutely. You know, Amanda, funny you should say that. You know, when I, uh, before I, when I decided to finally write a book, your blogs is actually one of the first ones I ran to. You know, and because it's got such a cool name, because, writers yeah, right. Write. I'm like, hmm, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> and and what you're saying, I, I found a lot of ad, a lot of advice, not just for uh, for 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 first time writers, but for even uh, people who've been writing for years. You know, and and I agree yeah. with you that uh, you you have to. It's it's a muscle that you have to stretch. Although it took mm. me a few months to put my book together, but I started writing almost two years ago because before I had the 40 days before 40, I had 70 Mm. days of this and that. And before 70 days of this and that I had hundred days. So when you put all of that together, because I would write each and every day until eventually I kind of got plucked up some courage to say, okay, let's see if we can actually put a proper book together. And I would basically test the market. I mean, I would put some of my posts on Facebook and that's how mm. I actually started started um, stretching myself and seeing what would work. And not just what would work with the audience, but what would work for me. And it was emotionally dra- uh, draining, financially mm. <laughs> financially impossible. <laughs> and everything's just like kind of working against you. And you're just like this strong-willed person pushing forward and everything else pushing you back. But at the end of the day, when you see a product and it is finished, I mean, I remember when they de- delivered my books at my house and actually held a hard copy i i had a, i had the manuscript for about three weeks or so and yeah. after that when i actually held the hard copy i was like oh my god i cried <laughs> like a baby <laughs> no, it was just so emotional because like i couldn't believe it it's like having a baby completely yeah. and completely. If you think about it i mean that book took longer to germinate and Produced in yes, the baby, because know? I mean, these are stories. What you're saying is also very important because you say uh, when when it's memoirs, you have to think to remember as many things and as much as detail possible. as possible. But then, mm-hmm. when you remember all of that, what happens is that you relive it, you relive it, you do it again. Mm-hmm. It's like you're in the moment again, which is why the emotions. Now I'm older, but then I'm like, I remember the first story, Black Mampatile. I'm talking about being the dark child in the family and all of that. Uh, mm. Then I remembered that they never used to make me a flower girl, Amanda, in case you don't know, because I was so dark and my sister was, was lighter in complexion. <laughs> this is a black thing, yeah. Amanda. Yeah. So, so, so you're dark skinned. So yeah, you can yeah. be, you can be a story okay. maze. You can be that one. So, so, okay. so the, then they would pick my, my sister all the time, but I never had issues per se. I was like, oh yeah, because she's light in complexion. But when I wrote mm. the book, I cried. I could not believe yeah. that nobody picked me. To be a flower yeah. girl for their wedding. <laughs> oh, Rami, Nobody. When I, I get married again, I'm going to pick you. Oh, no, gosh. When Me, I do get, it again, oh, I'm you get pick mar- you. Oh, no, you can get married again. I don't know. <laughs> and then, those are the kind of things that you need to put into a book. You know, those are the little details that yeah. make it special. And if you can remember them, if you can bring it to life. Yes. People, and especially if you don't cry for yourself. That's a trick, by the way, with writing. If you let your character be brave and not cry and the reader will cry for you. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, yeah. so you, you know, you actually read it as a reader. Yes, so, I did. And- and that's um, poor little girl, you know. And <laughs> you know, oh, <laughs> you know? but the pain of not being a flower girl. I need someone needs yeah. to make me a flower girl. I don't care. I'm who. gonna make you a flower girl. But Rami. a flower girl stands in the front, not at the back. Yeah, you can go in first, Rami. Okay, thank you. 
she can go in first, Amanda. Do you see how painful this and is? And I've said that I'm a, I've got two sisters, okay? My <laughs> eldest sister and my younger sister. So my eldest sister was the one who was the flower girl all the time. And when my younger sister showed up, then my, my elder sister was getting a bit too old to be a flower so girl. The so one. they skipped me and they went to Julie, <laughs> to my younger sister. Out. And they left me out because not only was I dark, I looked like a boy. I was too skinny. I was just wrong in all, in all shapes and form. And I had these girls with my, my, my sister's eyelashes. They're so fake. It's like you just want to <laughs> plug them, like you just want scissors and cut them off. But, okay, she doesn't Ravi, need mascara. And look question. at mine, look at mine. Want, this this, this <laughs> is an important question yeah. that you're sparking for me. So Rami is an incredibly like big character and a big person. So it's easy for her to be funny when she writes. <laughs> it's easy mm. for her to, to, you know, to, to put that character across there. But uh, for a lot of us, <laughs> we're quite like... um. What's the word? You know, a lot of people are a little shy. A lot of yeah. people are a little quiet. Yeah. And, and one of the reasons why I think for a lot of people we want to write is because we want to create those characters that we are not brave enough to be. Yes. Well, we can live a thousand lives, you know, when we write. We can be anyone if we want to. We can create worlds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think most writers are actually introverts. Um, even True. though they are prepared to go out into the world, obviously they have to find out things. But most of us are observers. Most writers are observers. So, you know, um, watching, taking notes, watching how people speak. Watching people. Yes, my favorite watching thing. People, that's a very important like, thing to like yeah, doing cool as, as a writer. It's just to watch people. And, and watch what they do, not what they say. Mm. And I think that's a really important part of writing. Make sure that you get that into your book as well. You know, the body language, uh, that kind of thing. It's, it's really important and it brings it alive. I don't think you have to be scared though of trying to write a book. I think you just need to practice. And mm. one of the things that we say, at, you know, I like this writing when people come on the course, is that if you think about it, you know, you don't just become an Olympic swimmer. You know, it's years and years of time and, and you, you're taught how to swim properly. You train. You make sure that you do it the right way and you have a coach that does it. And I think, you know, a lot of us need to look at writing the same way. Find out how you do it. And, you know, you don't have to go on a writing course, but maybe buy a book on how to write or follow a blog like Writers Write. Mm. You know, on the internet, every day we post an article on writing. Sometimes it's on grammar. Sometimes it's on how to write in um, a different viewpoint. Sometimes it's how to write the beginning or how to write an ending. And if you do that, you can get so much inspiration. And I think treat it like that. Treat it as a learning experience as well. If you're not a naturally, you know, born storyteller. And I don't know very many of them. So mm. I don't know if that helps. So you, you've got an incredibly successful course um, at Writer's yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and when I, I, I've never gone into your website until I was preparing for this. I was astounded to know that you've, you've got 120 published authors that have been through yes. your courses. Mm-hmm. That yes. is like, <laughs> that's a, a lot. That's unbelievable. It's a lot. You know, we've, we've been doing this now for um, over 12 years. So it starts accumulating, you know, over the years. I don't know if you know Angela McCall, right? She's written three mm, or four books. Yes. She came on Writers' Right. And that was long ago, you know, and she was one of the first um, 
black woman who wrote fiction in this country, and I took her book to Macmillan, and I said, this woman's got something really special. And um, I think she's written uh, four books since then. Uh, there have been, been so many people. A lot of them have self-published, but many more. Paige Nick went on our course in Cape Town. What and can she, I expect? So what can I expect if, if I want to do your beginner's course um and, and you were talking about next year, you're starting some online courses. What can yeah. I expect as a person who only writes 145 characters on Twitter every 10 seconds? <laughs> what? What? I would suggest that you do our blogging and social media course. <laughs> oh, there is? <laughs> I've become you quite good at the 145, that. like condensing my thoughts into 145 characters. Well, that's an art. It's an art if you can do that. <laughs> really, it is. So I admire you. I think it's probably more difficult than, than writing the book. Um, yeah, if you if you come on a course, you, we teach you everything from plotting to how to develop your characters to how to do the beginnings, middles, and ends, how many themes you need in a book, how to do the pacing, all of that kind of thing. So that it's really, it helps you. It's like holding your hand through it. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it's not saying... You know, you have to do it exactly this way. You still put your own spin on everything, and you've mm. got a voice, and nobody can change your voice. The way that you say it is not the way anybody else will say it. You have a magic, and, and that's, you take that magic and, and you put it into a framework. You can have a really good book. Sure. So that's a lot to think about, Amanda, and it's it's, a, it's incredible that... that like when you said the scenes, how many scenes you need in a book, I suddenly, like it, it flashed through my mind that, oh my mm. goodness, books are like movies, actually. They, have lots they of are books. absolutely like movies. And I think they're becoming more and more like m- movies because we're such a visual society. Mm. Mm. You think about everything you do, like everything flashes past you. We get so many messages a day. And, and be honest, I mean, if you go into a website and it doesn't have an image, you mm. just skip to the next one and the next one. So I think if you start looking at a book and you imagine each scene and then you don't go on about, you know, like when something's finished, you don't say, and then the next day you visit and look this. <laughs> you just cut to the next important scene. Do you, you know what I mean? So yeah. you have to like learn how to write like that. That's important. You can say two years later and then you start the next important scene. You don't have to write everything. Yeah. And I think that's the mistake that a lot of first-time writers make. They think they have to include everything you don't. Yeah. Amanda, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. How do people get hold of Writers' Rights if they're interested in starting, if they want to be bloggers, if they want to be like social media writers? How do they get hold of you? Okay. Visit our website, which is writersright.co.za. And all the information's there. Everything's there. I mean... Also, a very good way to, to follow us is, as well is on Facebook. We've got 280,000 people who follow us on Facebook. And if you go onto that Facebook page, we put up a writing prompt every day. So that even if you just want to start writing, there's a prompt there that will tell you to write. And just write for five minutes using that prompt. But we put it onto the Facebook page. So it's a good way to start. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Amanda. Have a good day. You too. You're Thank definitely you a Womandra kind of girl. <laughs> no, uh, you, you know, they, they're so, so even just listening to that, I suddenly have a, a much more bigger respect. Yes.
<laughs> much more bigger awesome. respect. Rami, but you, I, know what you I do to... so many things. You, you, you sing. Yeah. You act. Yeah. And now writer, singer, yes. songwriter, actress, yes. and writer. And everything. Voice of an artist, bloody, bloody, blah, and all of that. But you know what I wanted to say quickly before, before we disappear is that, um, what, one of the things that I've learned writing the book, it's, it's how much people are actually, how much of containers we are. We are like such deep containers because it's like then so much, like you, we store and store and store and store. And writing is one of, one of the best let outs, you know, because had it not been for me writing like a whole lot of things, like, you know, imagining everything, reliving each and everything that, that happened to me so that I can actually put it down, you know? And now we're talking with all these, uh, with the 16 days of, of, of activism and all of that. It is amazing how much people would store in within themselves and they never have a let out and which is something that we need, you know? Mm. I mean, when, when you read, when you read unlucky, I mean, I think it's like very, very detailed, the sexual abuse story and you, you'll be amazed how much someone, if they have someone to talk to, someone to confide in and someone who'll be willing to help and, and, and help them heal, you'll be amazed what will come out of that. But we all need that kind of healing as a, as, as a people that um, you can't be storing and storing all the time. So I'm has, glad you wrote this book. I'm glad you wrote this Thank book. You. I'm glad you wrote this book because I think it's a story that needs to be told. And it's a story that doesn't get heard very yeah. often, even though it's a story that is... Happening so all over the prevalent. place. Yeah. So thank you very much for writing this book. Thank you, Rami Chwene, for thank being you. here Absolutely. on Womanda. Um, suppose, I've never heard this song before, so I'm just going to trust her. I'm going to play out with the song by Proverb. Oh, yeah. Get her books. Uh, books at ramsgaterecords.co.za. I'm going to put it on my Facebook yeah, and I'm going to have a picture of it as well when we put it online. But thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so um, much I hope you sell millions oh, like Jeffrey be, Archer. Oh, fantastic. Yes, please. This is cliffcentral.com.